Welcome to Whitlockville, a Katona podcast. I'm Rich Nopke along with co-host Dave Becker, and we're welcoming back the big fella, Craig Johnson. Woo! He's back. Oh, man, it is, it is great to be back, Rich and Dave. It's good to have you. We have a great pod today as Diana and Bart Tyler from Kellogg's and Lawrence uh, will be joining us a little later in the show. Um, I, I've read a few times on Facebook about us all being in the same storm. I, I've really liked this. We're all in the same storm, but each of us in a different boat, which I think is a great way of putting it. We're all going through this in different ways. And Craig, your boat had Corona. So two, two questions uh, as a start here um, with you. I want to ask a little bit about how you're feeling and what, what you're up to, but how are you doing right now? And two, is the half mile we live from each other enough to keep you from giving me Corona right now? Okay, Rich. Uh, well, I think, you know, I think that the half mile is probably considered sufficient social distancing. So I think you're safe. But there was that that one time that we, we passed very closely. Yeah. Well, you are quite tall. So that, that distance does shrink a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it is great. It is great to be back. Um, full recovery. No lingering after effects. I'm feeling feeling healthy. Um, it was tough. It was a tough week and a half or two weeks. I mean, the fever got up to uh, 104.7 and, and lingered for days. And that, that was you know, cause of alarm. Um, I had some respiratory distress that never progressed into anything serious. But I think the uncertainty of it all and, yeah. and having that illness amidst you know, all the national news of um, hospitals potentially filling up and people seeming to recover, but then taking a turn for the worse had me uh, had me had me and, and Rhea and the family concerned. But but I got great care and uh, have made that full recovery. What was it like having the quarantine within the quarantine? Right. Your, your kids are in the house. Rhea is there. But you you're you're completely, totally shut off and isolated. Right, so it, I was up in the bedroom. Uh, that was that was where I lived for uh, almost two and a half, three weeks. Um, they brought me food. They would slip a menu. It was great. They would slip a menu under the door, and then I would and then I would text them what I what I chose. And the kids had a ball putting the menu together. What what like and then soups? Up. It was just a list of soups that you would <laughs> chicken noodle or matzo ball. <laughs> Listen, at that point, at that at that point, those were the the two things you wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it, it was it was tough because, as you can imagine, the walls start to come in on you um, after being in the same place for two to three weeks. But uh, you know, I had distractions. I would FaceTime the kids. I was uh, you know watching watching movies. Hanging out the window, yelling at, at, at people that would walk by. Um, we had a couple of visitors that would come to park in the driveway and uh, I, I would visit me and I'd be hanging out the window like. Um, like uh, you, you were like, Rap- like you were Rapunzel without the hair. Rap- exactly, exactly. It escaped me at the moment, but that's 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 exactly right. Rapunzel without the hair. I wanted to come to your house and hold up a boom box. Uh, like John Cusack and say anything. Say anything. Yeah, I was I was gonna do that, but I didn't know if you were sleeping, so I I, I didn't do it. <laughs> that would have been the talk of the town, Rich. It, it'd be hard to find a boombox, I would think, at this point too. That's a good po- point. Um, I just hold up my my but, phone, a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. But the one thing you know, I, I really appreciate all the uh, the the support, both uh, the check in calls and texts to see how I was doing and the food deliveries. Um, it was, it was wonderful and, and really kind of sustained me during that tough time. Awesome. We're, we're glad you're, we're glad you're back. Can I ask one more question about it? So Craig, did you, did you take anything for it? Like what, what was your, what was your routine while you were going through it? Any, any, all any or? disinfectant or bleach or anything like that? No, I, I stuck. So yes, I was taking Tylenol to keep the fever down. Um, but you know, you can you can take Tylenol only for so long and in, in 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 a limited dose. So there were some times where I would just have to you know, um, just deal with the deal with the fever. But to the extent that I could take the Tylenol at night to give me some some respite and and 
bring the fever down so I could sleep. I did that. I also did take uh, an antibiotic because there was some concern at one point that maybe I had uh, developed a, or, or was in danger of developing a secondary infection. Which which never occurred. So and, and you got you got tested uh, a couple days in, right? How did what was that process like at that at that time? And obviously, there's testing going on right now at the Bedford Hills train station. I don't know if if you know of anybody that's gone and done that yet. But what was it like at that at that time? You know, five six weeks ago. So you you, you have to call ahead and make a reservation, and you Rhea handled it for me. They, she made the reservation for me, and they uh, they they told me to come down to. Uh, the hospital center in Valhalla, Westchester County Medical Center. And you show up and you leave a placard with your uh, reference number that they gave you in the windowsill. And then you proceed to follow this maze of directions where they were, you know, they would check to make sure that you had the appointment, that you were the right person, you'd show them your license. And ultimately, you'd get up to the place where they, where they would swab you and it would come to tech in full gear, basically looking looking like an astronaut, uh, and would would direct you to roll down the window just enough for you to put your face by the you know your your face slightly upturned, and then they would swab both nostrils with a what's basically a, a huge Q-tip, uh, and then you were on your way. That sounds like fun. Yeah, you know they you know it's uh it's not a quick one either. It's a clockwise rotation, a counterclockwise rotation in both. So, but I really, uh, I, I really am thankful for all the, the care that I got down there as well. They were, when you're, when you're in that, in that mindset, um, it really, it, it's really helpful to be, to, to be, um, assured that you're being cared for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, again, welcome back. We're happy to have you. Um, we are towards the tail end of week nine, I think, of our quarantine. Uh, honestly, I've lost count. Uh, and I think I speak for everyone when I say, ARG. Um, <laughs> school is officially canceled. I think our already tenuous moods can fluctuate wildly depending on the weather. Uh, and we actually had that snow squall in the middle of May uh, this past Saturday. I don't know what the heck that was. Um, I, I think... In the time, I, I tried to calculate this the other day. I think in the time that we've been quarantined, I've walked the Lily Pond uh, Lakeside Ugh. Loop probably 160 times, if I had to guess. Um, it's so well traversed by everyone that I think Connecticut is thinking about putting up a pedestrian toll. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't give them any ideas, I guess. Uh, the other day... Um, you know, Jess, I, it was the afternoon and I said to Jess, uh, do you want to go for a walk? And she's like, I do want to go for a walk. I don't necessarily want to go with you. Um, I think we're, you know, it's like everybody else We're we're, you know, we just run out of things to talk about. She's like, I just don't want to speak about everything that we've been speaking about already. There's nothing new to talk about with each other. Um, in the end, she did go on the, on the, go ahead. I was going to say, you need to start playing hard to get. You're just too accessible right now. Right, like don't ask her to go on the walk. Supply, supply has never been higher. It's a problem. It's a little too much rich. How do I pull back? <laughs> that that's the problem. Uh, what what have you what have you guys been up to in general? I I imagine you guys have been going on a ton of walks as well. Uh, what what's going on over there? We, we I've been actually trying to structure my workday so that I I can handle a number of calls while I'm like taking a walk. Um, so Rich, I know I, I've seen you. I, I think I probably see you now before 8 a.m., maybe three or four days a week, which is not the optimal time in the day to see you. But I haven't, I, I haven't put still... on my face yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I, I still I still welcome those encounters. Um, I mean, Rich, you and I live right around the corner from each other. We do the same walks. Uh, we've actually been uh, making uh, frog catching a little bit of a habit by Todd's mm -hmm. Pond, um, which, as we know, is very safe considering the depth of the pond. So you, you can get pretty close without uh, having a ton of risk, although the snapping turtles uh, are, are getting to be pretty fierce. But Have uh, you had a run-in with a turtle? What's up? Have you had a run-in with a turtle? 
we had one where we were going in for the frog and then we saw a turtle like quickly turn over um, and we got a little spooked. But uh, those, those guys are pretty nasty. The frogs, I imagine, are just jumping right into the nets. They have no more water, so they're just trying to get anywhere. They're just trying to get out. Yeah, anywhere they go is good. Anywhere <laughs> they go is good. You, you so, were... uh, but that, that's, what the, that's what the kids have been doing. You... So, so, Dave, when, when you observe Rich walking, what's his gait like? Is it a casual saunter or, or is he power walking? Uh, it, I, I don't know if Rich is actually capable of doing anything with power, so I definitely wouldn't call it power walking. But it, it's 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 a it's a mosey. It's a it's a comfortable mosey. That that's my afternoon walk. In the morning, it's I'm all business because I want to get back and start the day. In the afternoon, it's more of a saunter, a mosey, if you will. I think when he's walking with Jess, that's when it's a power walk. I, one of them has to get away from the other, so, and so they're distancing from themselves. She's trying to, right, she's trying to social distance from me as we speak. Dave, you were saying before we jumped on that you've lost control of what your kids are watching uh, movie-wise. What, can you give us uh, some examples of that? So, um, in particular, my oldest, I guess the seventh graders um, for school, they had to do, I think it's a persuasive essay, and they, under no circumstance, were they allowed to use an R-rated movie. And we had just watched The Matrix together, um, which interesting movie, interesting concept, certainly some parts that are maybe a little questionable depending on the audience, especially with the 11-year-old and the 8-year-old. But we, we then looked, we realized after the fact that he couldn't use an R-rated movie. So then we started going down the list of all the movies that we've watched in the last month. And we couldn't even find anything that was PG-13. Everything, everything is rated R. Um, now, you know, it, it, some of them are, are certainly worse than others, and I can make arguments. But uh, we realize that the content and what they're watching is uh, maybe a little, little on the edge. How, how was how, how have the kids been sleeping after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> Saw three was really the one that, that tipped them over. That was the that was the bad one. Dave, I just revoked your nomination for Father of the Year, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. You know what's made a resurgence in our house during quarantine? It's the game Stratego. Mm. When was the last time you played that? It, it's been quite a while. It's 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 a fun it's a fun game, but it's amazing at how quickly the kids can master you. You beat him the first time, maybe the second time, but after that, good luck. That's uh, we've been playing a lot of Clue, which I hadn't played that in in years before that, so that, that's been fun. They should come out with a Clue Katona version. <laughs> I I think it was Mr. Becker in Kellogg's and Lawrence <laughs> with with a face mask. With Petey the parrot. Speaking of speaking of face masks, by the way, um, I, you know, just going out in them, and you, you you go to the grocery store or wherever, you feel a little invincible and uh, and invisible at the same time. I don't know. You guys are not wearing your glasses right now, but I don't know if you've been out in into stores. The fog, the fogginess in the glasses is really terrible. Um, also, I've got an incredibly effeminate color and pattern mask. Somehow, I don't know where it came from. Uh, it, it, and it also looks like a, a little bit like a, a banana hammock on my face. Uh, and before you ask, Dave, yes, this is the first time I've ever worn a banana hammock on any part of my body. It looks so terrible. <laughs> How about your madness? I'm glad we're covering this now and not with Bart and Diana. Um, to see if they, if this is something you maybe gotten there so far. I, I, I didn't get it there. I do have the disposable ones from there. Um, I'll, I'll apparently need more. I can't, you know, it's one thing if I'm going to Stu Leonard's or wherever where I don't really know anybody up there, but if I'm wearing it around here, it's a little bit more embarrassing. Right. You know, it's, I still, I did, I do have good news that I, I went for the test and have the immunity. That's awesome. Um, which, which, which the family refers to as the, the seventh infinity stone. <laughs> but uh, I too, you know, I too get masked up and have the same problem with the glasses. So it's pick your poison, right? You're either seeing or you're, or you're, or you're, you're, you know, you're not masking up. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, 
there's one news story here that I, there are a bunch of things that have been happening over the last couple of weeks um, that have sort of slipped under the, the radar, I think, a little bit because of everything going on that we've had, you know, murder hornets. Have you heard about the, the murder hornets? Yeah. That's pretty intense. Um, there's been the UFOs, which the, the Pentagon recently released the, the three videos showing an unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, in an attempt to clear up any misconceptions regarding whether the videos are real and, I add, parenthetically spectacular. So we've had the UFOs recently. Um, the, the biggest <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the, the biggest thing, I saw this story uh, a couple weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal where one million kegs are going stale. Because there are no concerts or sporting events and bars aren't open, the, the beer industry has all these extra um, barrels and, uh, and cases of beer and that nobody can drink. And so you can't just dump beer out because environmental regulations won't allow for that. Um, so they've got all this, this wasted beer. My thought was, I, you know, we can have a socially distanced block party this year, Dave, where – AB InBev or somebody could just send everybody their own individual keg and we could just have our own kegs six feet apart. I think that's the block party idea for the year. And where, where are these kegs being housed at this point? Are you, you want to go for a little heist? Yeah, like where, where's a little, not necessarily a heist, maybe a negotiation and see if we can relieve them. It's kind of like when, uh, when oil prices went negative, right? I mean, you're, you're looking for storage. How do you... How do you move the inventory around? Let's see if we can be of assistance. Are you willing to trade your kids for some beer? Well, you're saying I haven't done that before. <laughs> well, Rich, in this in this in this um, paradigm, what will people just carry their kegs around in little red wagon, drag their kegs around in little red wagons or wheelbarrows? How does that work? That would be great. We could do the the loop with our with our kegs. It'd be like a traveling party. So Elena, Elena saw the other day um, uh, Scott Barrow was traversing, I believe it was Huntville, with a stroller. And Scott no longer has a child that requires a stroller because uh, Emmett, I believe, is in second grade with Henry. Um, the stroller was filled with beer because I think he had bought a couple cases and couldn't carry them all, so he was uh, carting them by stroller across Huntsville, which is probably a pretty funny thing. That definitely is. Well, we're going to jump in with um, with Diane and Bart in a second. Dave, I know you wanted to just thank thank some folks real quick. Yeah, so um, we were fortunate enough, for those that didn't see, the Katona-Lewisboro Times-Ledger um, also, uh, featured, well, featured an article where we actually made the cover, which I, I think was, was pretty exciting. Um, you know, I, I believe, uh, it is the definition of slow news day. However, um, nonetheless, we were honored to grace the cover. Uh, it was a really nice article. Um, I love the fact that Rich's first quote was, I believe I may not get it word for word. There's not a jerk amongst us. So I, I've had that replayed back to me at least five to ten times since uh, since that's been released. So well done, Rich. Uh, yeah, I, I, I knew as soon as I said it, I'm like, that. I don't love that quote. But um, anyway, it was a great story. Thank you, Jessica and, and Jody from the Katona Lewisboro Times for, for reaching out to us. Uh, I, I do wonder, Dave, to your point about Slow News Day, like how bad do things have to get for us to grace the, the cover of New York Times? Uh, I don't really want to think about that, uh, but it's a good question. Um, the, the other thing I was going to say, uh, we're holding, you're holding the microphone in that picture and, and Jake goes, is Mr. Becker holding up an Emmy? (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I look at least Jake appreciates my many talents and knows what I'm capable of. So thank Thank you, Jake. It does beg the question. Why haven't we gotten an Emmy for this yet? So that, that we'll have to work towards that for, for this year. They, I don't even, they don't probably have a podcast. There's gotta be pocket. There are podcast awards out there. We should, we should nominate ourselves for that for sure. I believe it's just, it's a slow build, a slow build. <laughs> well, all right. I'm going to turn it over to Craig, uh, to start our interview with Diana and Bart. Thank you, Rico. Uh, today, 
We're in for a treat. We have the good fortune of being joined by Diana and Bart Tyler, the proprietors of Kellogg's and Lawrence a hardware store right downtown in Katona. Um, it's a great, they occupy a great location. They have everything that one could need and as hardware services go and hardware products go along with additional specialty products. So without further ado, Diana and Bart, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the business? Well, it had long been, I don't remember, it could have been from boyhood, my ambition to eventually have a hardware store and not really just a hardware store, the hardware store that I grew up with, Kellogg's and Lawrence. And I inherited that dream when we <laughs> married. <laughs> I gave up nursing school uh, to help run the hardware store. I wanted the partnership. And you, so you're both long-term uh, members of this community, grew up in the area. I grew up in the area. I grew up in Bedford Hills. Uh, and as a consequence, Katona was really our downtown. It's where we went to church, library, and so forth. And apart from some time in London and Pittsburgh, I've been kicking around the Katona community all my life. I did not. I uh, grew up abroad. Uh, my father was a diplomat. We moved to uh, five different countries. Wow. Uh, settling to raise my children in Lower Westchester and then moved up to Katona. So it's uh, transition. And we hear that we hear the dog there. What what kind of dog do you have? She's a mutt. A mutt. Okay. Hard, hard to explain, Sarah. Hard to explain her. She's twelve years old, but she refuses to acknowledge it. Do you, uh, so tell us. A, I was just going to say London. About- London and Pittsburgh is that like a normal? Do you see a lot of you know people with that sort of sort of journey? Uh, London's really where I got my business education. At 20, my dad sent me over there to start a, uh, a business. And uh, I had a fantastic time. I've often wished somebody would send me again because a lot of the experience of London and being in Europe was lost on a 20-year-old that I could take much better advantage of these days. <laughs> you were there for four years, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. What type of business was it? Uh, we were in the restaurant equipment repair business which they call over there the uh, catering equipment repair business. Okay. So you're talking about, you know, all the, all the restaurant cooking line. Great experience. So, so tell the foundation of good business sense that I think that part strong suit is the actual management of the business, which has really helped when, as we're raising Kellogg's and Lawrence. <laughs> And so, Bart, this has been this has been a dream of yours since since your youth. Tell, tell us a little bit about the store and its history. Well, the store has been around 133 years. Um, it was started by uh, Henry Kellogg, who was a very upstanding businessman at his time. Uh, when Katona moved in 1895, Henry took full advantage and got a prime piece of property, which was right on. Uh, State Route 35 as it passed through Katona. And originally the business grew into a variety of related businesses. They were a major plumbing contractor. They were tinsmiths at one time. They were electricians. So for a good while, uh, Kellogg's and Lawrence provided much more than, than a retail uh, hardware store opportunity. There's a lot of services and it encompassed five or six of the buildings that are all around us. So it was a larger unit. Yeah, there's a lot of barns scattered behind the building. Uh, by the time we came along in 1996, it had uh, been focused on uh, being hardware store only. Henry also took on different partners over the years. So if you look over the hundred and some year history, at various times it was called Kellogg's or Kellogg's and Mead, Kellogg's and Elliott. And the latest partner, uh, I think from the 40s, was uh, uh, the Lawrence. And the name has stuck because uh, Lawrence uh, was the first and I think the only uh, volunteer Katona fireman who died at a fire. And uh, so the uh, the store kept that name uh, in his memory. When, when, you, when you bought the store, did you ever think about changing the name or it's just so woven into the fabric of the, of the community, you just you could never do it? I think right from the start, we knew that it was uh, a done deal. You couldn't change the name. It yeah. wouldn't be possible. The, the interesting thing was, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you totally. It was, it was Kellogg's and Lawrence. Uh, 
but the store didn't actually have a mark. So one of the very early things we did was hire a graphic designer to come up with uh, a, no, logo. A, a logo, a brand mm-hmm. uh, with a name. That's interesting. It was interesting because as we developed different departments, we added those to our logo. So now the logo has five or six different things uh, portrayed in it. It's, it's had to evolve. Yeah. It's had to evolve. The um, given the given the age of the business, are are there any great artifacts uh, in the store? And given the the age of the of the actual building itself, uh, what's what's interesting in there from a, a historical or, or artifact perspective? I we do we have. I think the most interesting one is the most visible, which is the air shuttle, the air freight shuttle, and it runs along the ceiling, and it used to cart. It used to. Uh, take messages and money to the office. We have seven of those lines. We only utilize two, uh, three, but that's the most visible and the most fun and the kids pull on the cord and the shuttle shoots across the store. Um, we have other articles that are on the top rung of all, or surrounding the store, but they're mostly real hardware equipment. The most interesting probably is the siphon pump which is a large copper machine and it's heavy and it's really beautiful. Um, that's now that would be a very valuable thing. The other thing people really love are the screw drawers, the, the rounding, rotating. rotating screw drawers. And each of the cabinets have about 130 different little drawers that used to contain all the little screws. So everybody, all the kids come and open the drawers expecting to find some unique thing that nobody else saw. <laughs> so it's kind of cute. It's, it's a treasure hunt for kids. There's a, um, a pump in the back of the store that's not connected currently, uh, but it was one of several that used to be mounted to the floor and pump uh, different fluids up from the basement, notably uh, uh, things to make paint, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would have had bulk turpentine and bulk... Uh, mineral spirits, there was kerosene. Um, So yeah, scattered around some of it in the rafters of the barn, there's fascinating stuff that was originally used to uh, run electrical lines or or pull pipe underground and so forth. And the most wonderful one that I came across was tucked in the back, there's a pilot's jacket, a leather jacket. Now it's totally, you know, in disrepair. But it nevertheless has been there forever. And I asked Jeff about it and he said, oh, that's been there all my life. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) But there's a pilot's jacket in there and we haven't moved it. (laughs) Plus, plus your your patrons can get a veritable history of Katona by just walking down the stairs with the pictures. And you had a screen at one point. I don't know if it's still there there, with images of the old Katona. So you can see how indelibly Katona, uh, Kellogg's and Lawrence is woven into the into the history of the town. I like to give people the tour. It was it's one of the um, most public places that you can see all these pictures there. We don't really have a little museum dedicated to it. The library has an area, but it's not very big. Uh, the historical committees were very kind in letting me borrow uh, there are CDs with these old pictures. And when we returned 125, was it, or 100? Yeah, 125th anniversary. The 125th anniversary, we printed them all up and they hang downstairs up on the ceiling. Uh, Henry Henry Kellogg and his family lived in the second floor apartment, is, is that right? Yeah, originally it was the uh, uh, proprietor's apartment. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what? It was the second and third floor. There's uh, evidence of uh, the bedrooms and the maid's quarters up on the third floor as well. What, what's up there now? We have a whole neighborhood, right? Yeah, we have a whole neighborhood. There are four apartments of varying sizes from a six-room apartment to a uh, two-room apartment. And some of the, you know, in the, uh, when we bought the building, there were some tenants in there, and one of them ended up uh, all together, she was there 45 years. 52 years. 52 wow. years. Wow. Lived up there. She raised her grandchildren up there. and uh, Great-grandchildren. Her great-grandchildren. And there was a second individual who also stayed around 35 years. So it's a long-term tenancy. But we've got some new, new fun couples up there. Really pleased to have those units and offer it for, for uh, rent and 
it's reasonable. <laughs> are, are there any, uh, just through lore or whatever of the store, or Henry Kellogg or, or Lawrence or, or anything like that, are any, any, any stories that sort of come to mind? I'm, we're springing that on you. So I, if you don't have anything, I, I totally get it. Yeah, of, of uh, the individuals. Over history? Yeah. Uh, there's Esther in the dumpster. There's... Uh, we have some characters. There's some characters over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Don Folk uh, became very well known. He was the store manager for the Kelloggs for a number of years and later became a locksmith. And I guess the uh, the Chamber of Commerce has a, uh, a scholarship named after Don. Um, no, no, nothing, nothing front of mind. Uh, Esther... Esther in the dumpster sounds interesting. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's a cute story. It's real. Reportedly, one morning as Don Pope came to work, he noticed uh, as he was opening up the store at the back that uh, there was a local gal named Esther was uh, searching around in the dumpster. And uh, moments later, as he's turning on the lights and preparing to open the door, he heard the sound of the uh, garbage truck and a thought shot through his mind and he ran to the back door <laughs> and out in the driveway and sure enough the garbage truck was raising the dumpster up to dump it in and Esther was caught inside. She was inside. It was a last minute save there. <laughs> That's great. That could have been bad for Esther. <laughs> um, obviously we're we're in the middle of uh, a really tough time for for everybody. What first of all, everybody safe and healthy within the store, all the employees, and then you know. Thank you for asking. Yes. Yes. Thank goodness. Yes. yes. We've not had any COVID, and and in knock the, on wood. In the staff and family, yeah. Art's actually pretty didactic about keeping things exactly right. So everyone is wearing gloves. Everyone's wearing masks. We wipe down hourly. Um, there's no contact. Um, he's really autocratic about it. He's absolutely allows no mistakes. No one can touch their face mask. You know, it's yeah. really good. So it's keeping people safe. It really is. How how is the obviously it's affected business? I'm sure. In in, in what ways, large and small, has it has it been impacting your business right now? The biggest well, the, the biggest challenge first, of course, was to uh, make the store safe so that. Uh, pe some people could be in the store shopping and our employees could be working there. Um, the next we even put a, a front door lock automatic with a buzzer so that we had control of how many people could come in the store. Yeah. The, the next thing is uh, trying to keep supplied in vital items that people need during this period, you know, masks and gloves and the uh, sanitizing things because they've all gone into national scarcity. Um, it's amazing how uh, how much Americans are buying out our capacity to make various and sundry, uh, you know, chemicals and other products. Uh, but fortunately, new vendors are, are uh, popping up here and there that are doing direct import in other ways to suddenly meet this uh, demand. And then the and then it's been interesting when you think about vital supplies. Another thing that's become vital for people is is keeping themselves sane at home. And mm -hmm. uh, so there's been a, a, a variety of things, a lot of home improvement going on, right? Yep, home improvement, uh, games and puzzles, uh, gardening's picked up. There's a lot of gardening, which we, we actually virtually sold out of burpee seeds. So uh, I think Bart, Bart was trying to order more burpee seeds. And nationally, they're, they've run out. Hmm. <laughs> People are gardening. They're attending to, you know, uh, projects outside. And also inside, there's they're painting. They're, they're really it's, it's very productive. People are trying to take advantage of being at home and u utilizing their time. And we should mention too, uh, we had to develop uh, the capability of providing a, a curbside uh, service. So yeah, that's people, big. People can call in orders, and um, and that's been incredibly important. There are a lot of folks who really don't want to come in the store despite our precautions. And we couldn't actually have, uh, we couldn't safely accommodate as many customers as we would be getting a day allowing people in the store. Uh, but it's, it's a very different way of conducting business where staff are suddenly um, uh, on, on, the phone. on the phone, running up and downstairs, uh, doing a lot of the work that a customer would normally do for themselves. 
Uh, we have four lines going basically all day long. So yeah, it's very difficult. It's, it's much harder work. It's much harder for the guys. Uh, we're, we're not complaining. <laughs> no, no, we're very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Are there are there any new items that you're currently stocking in the store that you hadn't been stocking prior to COVID nineteen? Well, certainly uh, face masks, yeah. obviously, uh, and, and and not just face masks, but there's a variety of uh, face masks, you know, from the surgical mask to the KN95 mask to the cloth mask. Um, and they're I, actually hard to find, you know, to, uh, wholesale. They're very difficult. I want to mention, too, that it, we have five different departments. We've got the fireplace, we've got gifts, we've got kids' toys, we've got clothing, and none of those are up for sale. Uh, we, we do the games, but... Um, no one can shop the clothing. Browsing. Yep. Browsing. Yeah, browsing. So browsing is out, and there's that's all roped off. And I have 3,000 garments that are not being sold. So uh, my phone rang in the middle of, of that last question, and when the phone rings, it actually kicks us off of the recording uh, on, our, on our recording platform. So apologies to the everybody. Um, and you were just talking about the garments that you, you have still um, within stock, th- over 3,000 garments, I think you said. Yes, and they're just not able to be sold. No one can try them on. No one can touch the hangers. It's 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 a dangerous thing. So there are no open stores doing that. And in fairness, even though we're open, I'm not selling it. We have it cordoned off. Are, are you seeing this is uh, the springtime is like the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, it's like the big event, the big time frame for uh, hardware stores and and of the of the like. Have you yeah. seen, and you talked about people doing more projects and more projects outside and you're sold out uh, of certain things. Are you seeing an uptick just in general compared to previous years, just on those items uh, uh, alone? On the, uh, yeah, on many of the items that people are buying in greater quantity, they have become scarce. Like nobody has done as much uh, seeding, you know, planting, uh, starting vegetables and, and so forth in the past. Um, there's been a big uptick in I'd say most of the upticks are just on anything that you would be using to uh, improve your home because you're you're at home all the time and all all the defects are in your face and you need things to do. So so a lot of it is just conventional things that would sell in spring, but they're doing people are doing more of it because they're they're there. And it's creative stuff too, you know. Uh, uh, the puzzles all sold out nationally as everybody's wanting to do puzzles. That's kind of cute. What's uh, what's the most puzzle pieces that you have in the store? Is it like a thousand? A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. A thousand pieces. <laughs> yeah. And we scarcely have them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's funny. Yeah. What, what are you hearing? Do you speak to a lot of other uh, store owners uh, in town? What's, what's the general feeling amongst everybody? Uh, obviously, a lot of angst and stress and, and all that. The, the wonderful thing is Katona has a very strong chamber of commerce and the chamber has gone out of its way to uh, facilitate both through social media and zoom meetings. Um, you know, all of us having the opportunity to, to talk to one another. And, and that's been, uh, that's been very affirming because in the normal course of events, you, you're busy in your store, you go home at night. You're not that you don't have that much time to fraternize with other more television. Uh, yeah, yeah. Storekeepers and business people in town. And, um, in a, in a way, we're almost communicating uh, more these days. We feel we feel in touch. Yeah, and uh, you know, everyone's utilizing other methods of communication like Instagram and Facebook, and so that's that's notched up to a point of competition. <laughs> you know, everybody's posting every day, at least once or twice, and uh, that's how they're getting the message out for their own stores. Even though they're not open, they're doing delivery, they're doing phone ins and pick up. So everybody's being very creative. Have you upped your social media game or presence or in what other ways do you feel like your business has changed and altered in terms of how you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not particularly good at it, but I try every day at least to post something. And I try to be different because I'm a hardware store at this point. I'm trying not to be uh, modeling about other things. I'm, I'm, I'm... producing pro- I'm picturing products and uh, it's very hard for me <laughs> it takes a long time and it's very focused but I, uh, I need to do it 
we finally uh, we were we we advertise every week in the uh, record review prominently, and uh, we have kind of a reputation for the ads being funny to kitsch. Hmm. And uh, have you seen them? Have you? When, yeah, yeah, they're when, really cute. When this person, huh? I'm sorry. No, the, I saw the most recent one where I think you were holding. Uh, Bart, you and maybe uh, Dan were holding a hammock, and Diana was in the hammock. Yes. Very, very good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say there was a couple weeks of, of Paul and shock where we just didn't know what to do with the ads, and, and we just threw something out there. But it was a few weeks ago uh, we started to figure out a way to uh, to be to to find a light side to, to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably uh, just a metaphor for what's going on in the general society. You know, we've 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 gone from shock and awe to getting more of a handle on on uh, resigning ourselves to how to best live under these circumstances. Oh, uh, so Dave left. Dave left us. Just so you know, he again, it had nothing to do with uh, with you guys in the interview. You're doing great, but he had another a meeting to get to. Diana and Bart, to pivot for a second um, away from COVID and just to talk about the store, it seems like you put a high priority on hiring local people um, and including local students to help around in the store. Has that been part of the philosophy that you guys have had since you've opened the since you've uh, become proprietors? I would say yes. Uh, it's it's almost subliminal, but. Um, uh, for, for one thing, we are fortunate that a lot of local people present themselves to us as prospects. Um, so it's I a think, need. Yeah, it's, it's a, a need. It's a need, and, and a lot of us who are enamored of Katona would love to not only live there but but work there. So, so there there are local folk available. At the same time, um, it's it's kind of our the way we think. We live two and a half miles from the store. And it's hard to imagine uh, people who live any great distance, um, you know, being able to come on time during bad weather, which is very important for us or uh, whatnot. But I, as far as hiring the uh, the young folks, I don't know how that well, actually that started no, right from the beginning. Right from we, the beginning, yeah. we've had them. And we, one of the interesting things, <laughs> one of the cute things is, so we, we had a lot of guys at the beginning and all young men and, and some worked out well and others didn't, but the ones that did stayed for years. But we found uh, suddenly that girls were applying and the girls were awesome. <laughs> it was, we've had three outstanding young women where virtually we would be able to hand them the keys and let them work for a week. They'd know exactly what to do on everything. Um, they've you know, grown up now in their late 20s and they come in often and uh, report what they're up to. Uh, one of the people that worked when he was 15, 16 at the store is now a store manager. We've rehired him full time. So it's, yeah, being part of Katona is very important. You forgot what may have broken the ice on the girls was uh, years ago, uh, Di came up with this idea to have a uh, guess the number of uh, marbles in a jar contest. Hmm. Yes, that's right. And the uh, first and second prize was some product or other. A third prize was you got to work a day in the store. So as we uh, <laughs> as we pulled the uh, the entrance, uh, and we you know the third person to uh, come closest to guessing the right number of marbles was a fifteen year old uh, student, a girl. And uh, <laughs> so we we called, wondering what her reaction would be, and she was just delighted and, and came in on an appointed day and did a day in the store. She enjoyed herself so much and did so well that it was kind of mutually obvious that she should work regularly Regular, and yeah. she may have she may have broken the ice as far as the, the high yes, school gals the girls yeah she's an outstanding she's uh, outstanding she's now a uh, yale trained physician that's amazing what the the history of the the peanut barrel was that there before you got there is that something you implemented uh, yourself uh, i have to confess i guess um yeah, i went when we when we decided to buy the store we did sort of a, a road trip and we went to look at probably 50 other hardware stores all around the area, but somewhere far away. With a preference towards old fashioned ones. Yeah, old fashioned ones. We had to look them up to see what they were doing and how they did it. And one of them had the peanut barrel and that was it. 
I got it the next day. That's a natural. <laughs> I got That's, the peanut. I, are you a big peanut fan? How many how many do you go through yourselves in a given day? Just snacking? Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> The nice thing is it's a healthy snack. So when you get that yen for something, uh, yeah, sometimes I have to remind myself, wait a minute, the peanut barrel's right there. Just, you know, <laughs> just, just go for it. Or, or you really virtually do hundreds of pounds of peanuts. Wow. We give yeah. away hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Are you able to take a break from the store at all? Oh, yes. Yes, we, uh, we have other interests in life. Is that true? <laughs> <Sort> <laughs> We have extended uh, family all around the world, the daughter and the grandkids and husband in Hong Kong. Wow. Uh, married daughter in uh, Athens, Greece, uh, son who was in Costa Rica, Costa Rica and Latin America for five years. He's back now. Um, so that's that's kept us uh, traveling. Traveling for visiting. Uh, we've, we've had a lifestyle of um, we've been a part of Bridges to Community since its inception. Um, which if you're familiar with it, it uh, conducts volunteer work groups into Latin America to do community development projects. So most years we've, uh, we've taken a bridges trip. We also- All the local high schools have gone. Yeah, John yeah. Jay- uh, John Fox Jay was Lane, yeah, Hills. We have an Airstream uh, and we love to, uh, as often as we can make a, a weekend trip somewhere, we just love road trips within driving range. And very often, like last year, we took it for three weeks in the Adirondacks. So we have a camping lifestyle. So it's a few things we get up to besides. Uh, but hardware. you know, amazingly enough, we talk about hardware all the time. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's probably 95% of our conversation. <laughs> I bet. I, I, what, what's, it, what's it like um, working together? And then, you know, obviously now being court, you're, you're used to being around each other. So this isn't this isn't too much of a leap, I guess. Yeah, and this with at this particular time, I had a complete shoulder replacement surgery on March 9th. Oh. And, uh, it was a pivotal moment in history. I didn't realize. I went in, and it was just some news of uh, various, you know, COVID here and there. It stayed overnight, and the next morning, I got up, and all of a sudden, there was a pandemic in the United States. <laughs> but we had we had previously planned to be quarantined for two and a half weeks. So, um, because of the shoulder, the staff were wonderful, rose to the occasion. And for the first two and a half weeks, once this got heavily underway, we were basically together at home. But we're always together and, uh, it has worked out very, very well. I mean, we were one of the few couples that we know that do work 24 seven together, yeah. but they are out, out there. And many of them are running hardware stores. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> you know, so we've got friends that have that problem. The, um, um, it, it's it's just worked out. Obviously, if it didn't work out, I wouldn't be there. But I I can't live without <laughs> Kellogg's <and> Lawrence. <laughs> That's really sweet. Um, are there? I, I guess we'll, we'll start winding down in a second. Are Are there any good recommendations for DIY projects for for kids right now? Any anything that people have been sort of buying in, on that front? I would say the greatest success with kids is involving them in outdoor things. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the we're, we're creating a garden or we're going to improve the lawn or or all of that sort of thing. I think kids, kids build a birdhouse, get interested in birds. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, um, uh, make bug boxes, little boxes to store bugs in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just um yeah, it gets, it's a little more iffy uh, uh, inviting the kids on the interior home improvement projects. Yeah. Painting is probably to be avoided. <laughs> yeah, my wife won't even let me paint the house either, so. You know, we've got balls and croquet games and toss the corn bag. But um, I think at this point, I think the kids are pretty bored with everything. Yeah, I would say, I would say so. They've got in their yard, in their home. I would say some weeks ago, though, when it was seeding time, you know, people were yeah, growing, was, they were planting seeds in their home, you know, to, to establish little plants. I think there was a lot of parent-child uh, teaching teaching going on, yeah. Yeah, really was. Are there, um, obviously, we'd probably be remiss not to ask you about the, the sewer project that's happening right now. How, um, it's just, it's amazing to see that happening on the streets and how the streets have been sort of cordoned off. How, how's that been in, impacting you or, or what are your thoughts well, on that? I think, I think overall, uh, uh, Business people in town are rejoicing 
it's it's the one good thing to come out of the epidemic is that there's there's so little going on in town, and it's a perfect time to you know rip up the streets the way we need to inevitably do to get the sewer system in. So, the sewer system has been a hundred years in the in the making, and many of us have been looking forward to this for the last several years when we recognized that it could very well become a reality. So um, I I just I think we're we're all just tickled pink that that this can happen now. Early on, uh, we got a commitment from the town that this there would be no disruption to the uh, business area of the hamlet during the holidays. As holidays is the biggest time of uh, of year, as far as I think universally among uh, retailers, certainly. So we were we were always counting on the fact that there was a blackout between November one and December thirty first. But I think now we'll get it done uh, well before then. They'll probably have be out of the Katona hamlet by. Uh, Know, early summer. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Really, it's fantastic timing that way. That's great, Craig. Did you, you have? Advantage. Did you yeah. have anything else you wanted to to ask as we wrap up? No, just wanted to provide uh, Dan and Bart the opportunity to uh, convey any message that you'd like to our listeners. I know you're you're open for business and and this, the shop looks great, but is there anything else? Oh, first I want to say thank you to every single person in Katona. We could not survive without our local people, and we are devoted to them. And in turn, they seem to be devoted to us. It's it's a wonderful, unique partnership of having a store with a small town around it doing so well. And I think I think uh, it would really be on behalf of all uh, Katona businesses. There is a we recognize a uh, significant commitment on the part of the community to to do business with us and support us sure. and. Uh, we're uh, we're forever grateful. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank thank you so much for joining us today. We, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules to to jump on. Um, and and I hope you know you you stay well. And and I hope the the store continues to to do as well as as you can right now. Oh, thank, thank you, you. And to you all as well. Take so, care and stay safe. Thank you. We should have another podcast uh, in the next couple of days, I think. And until then, we hope everyone stays safe and healthy. And thank you to everyone out there in essential jobs. We truly appreciate it. Uh, until then, this has been Whitlockville, a Katona podcast.